0: And I just decided to go have sex with him to take out my frustration that I couldn't with Alistair. Shall I start us off then? I think you should. Hello and welcome to the Rock Paper Shotgun Electronic Wireless Show, episode number thirty-six. I'm Brendan Caldwell. You're not. Oh, you got me. I was doing my best accent as well.
1: (laughs) It was uncanny.
0: It was it was like I like there's only one of us. I'm John Walker, really. (laughs) Ha ha, tricked you. Brendan let me start the episode for some reason.
1: I'm not just letting you start it, I'm letting you Oh I'm host in charge. Oh my goodness. You're in charge.
0: Brilliant. Okay, I well in that case I should probably um open Tweet Deck. <laughs> so if I'm in charge. <laughs> that would
1: be useful. Um yeah, hello, how are you? What have you been up to? I'm good. I haven't been up to much. I've been very busy writing a big piece, uh which you may see later this week. Um it's one of my ride alongs. Which is where I go into a, a weird internet world and talk to people and see what the what they're doing there. So there'll be something along those lines later on. Can you tell us which game? It's Tower Unite, huh. which is a strange. Uh, do you remember PlayStation Home? Yes. PlayStation Home was this uh like hub world that you could go to on PlayStation and you could there was a cinema and mini games to play and it was just a weird place where you could hang out and have an avatar and everybody had a house, but the houses were all the same. You could hang out with um, as many as seven other people. Yeah, it was it was odd. Um, Tower Unite is a lot like that. Um it's also a spiritual successor to a Gary's mod thing called Gmod Tower, which was a, a whole other thing. It's basically mini-games and hanging out. Um And I went there to see why people do that, and I did not get an answer. Oh! But it was fun, so... Did you, Brendan, did you make any friends? I wouldn't call them friends, but I definitely met people, why do you ask?
0: It's it's interesting that I should mention that, because the topic this week is best mates in games.
1: (gasps) That was an excellent way to connect those things. Thanks, it was seamless. gonna let you host this from now on
0: i'm well i'm a seasoned professional i used to work in a real life actual radio station you know what yeah it's true answering phones i was an assistant producer on uh, on a, on scott chisholm's show in the mornings on talk radio at one point
1: why am i doing this why do I, I host this every week
0: i produced an hour of uh they did this sort of watchdog on the radio thing and i produced it called Scambusters. jeremy beadle came up with the name for it
1: i feel like i i feel like i've been living a lie like i've just <laughs> been
0: <laughs> it's really it's really odd i was only there for a few months so i i, I dropped out of uni to go and work at talk radio for a bit and um yeah, I was just working on this show. I sat opposite um, Agony Aunt Anna Rayburn. We used to uh, gossip away. And I'll, um, I'll put a I'll... link to Anna Rayburn. Anna Rayburn, absolutely. She was amazing. She was literally barking mad. One time I walked into the office and she was sat in a chair on her own woofing. <laughs> that was Anna Rayburn. She was amazing. And she said to me once, I don't like the boys on your show, but I do like you. Oh, that's nice. Those are my two Anna Reuben anecdotes. Um, yeah, it was fun, and every now and then Jeremy Beadle would pop into the office, have lots of good ideas, and then leave again. Great. <laughs> yeah, he was. Turns out, not a slimy, horrible person in real life. He was quite a smart, nice man. Anyway, that's not at all relevant to anything at all. No. Apart from my my anyone writing a biography of me, it's quite relevant to them. So, do you have any? Should we go straight into Friends? I think. We should. I want to know how, who's your best friend ever in a whole in a game ever.
1: Wait, uh, oh yeah, no, hang on. Um, this is difficult.
0: It is. I'm really struggling with this question. I've come up with a few people I've considered friends, but I can't think of a best friend.
1: Um, I think I felt friendship weirdly most keenly in in Final Fantasy VII, but I think that's a really boring answer to give. <laughs> um, so I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm saying the woman who lives behind the grate in the aqueduct in Dark Souls who sells you poison arrows. Um, <laughs> that, that, that woman was my best friend in a video game. She kept me going and I went back to her time and time again, even though it meant crossing huge tracts of land and dangerous places to get back to her. Why and back to at, her? At, at, if... f- at first it was just, yes, because she had poison arrows and yeah. it was the only source of them that I could find. But but later, I felt a kinship with her so great that I would visit her even when I was pretty sure I didn't need any Poison Arrows.
2: <laughs> wow!
1: <laughs> if I was back at Firelink Shrine, I would just go there, and I would, it was like almost like habitual. It was a weird habitual friendship. I would go, and if I only needed like three Poison Arrows, I would just go and buy them, but... I didn't. I didn't really need them because by that stage I was. I didn't. I didn't use them, but I would just. I don't know. I just liked her. She was horrible. Like she was just a horrible <laughs> undead, undead woman who was selling things and wouldn't come out of her like, jail G- 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 cell like alcove that she had gotten into. Um. But I. I liked her for some reason. What did she get out of your relationship? Uh, souls.
0: Okay, fair enough. That's a good answer. I've just thought, as you were talking, I was part listening and part thinking. And I thought of my best friend in a video game. It's Alistair in uh, Dragon Age.
1: That's good and interesting because our readers <laughs> <laughs> because our readers um, have given two predominant answers in this throughout our our tweets. The, oh, have the I matched Facebook And um, Alistair is one of them, but he's not the winner. He's not the winner. There is an overwhelming winner, and I'll see if uh, you can try and get it later. But I've just had a quick... Oh,
0: well, no, I don't. Oh, yeah, I'm th- I think I know who it is. And actually, he is. The... he would be my second place. There was an interesting thing that happened with Alistair. I was playing um, a boy in Dragon Age, um, and... As anyone who's played the game will know, your character's sexuality is up to you to decide, but your companion's sexualities are not. Um, some people are bi, some are gay, some are straight. And I suddenly I realized as I was playing this game, and I've spent, I, I, I totaled it up because I was doing it for work, um, I spent something like 120 hours playing Dragon Age, which is uh, probably the most I've ever spent with any game that isn't a puzzle game um a 200 plus hours with Sliverlink would be my winner but uh so i played a lot i played this game a lot and i really went in deep i really loved dragon age origins an enormous amount um and and the more time i spent with alistair the more i realized that not only did he feel like an actual real life friend but i, I kind of fancied
1: him a bit <laughs> <laughs> did you did you romance him
0: I tried so hard to romance him, but Alistair just wasn't interested. And in the end, I did the strange thing. And I, I I, was genuinely attracted to Alistair. Um... And, and and it was sort of a role-playing attraction, but it was blurry. I don't really know. So the more I spent time with him, the more I just thought, I just want these two to be together. It's just so perfect if they're together. And the conversation options really feel like they're going that way. And Alistair and I couldn't have been any closer, but we just couldn't kiss. And then later on, you meet, um in I, the order I played the game, I met this elf character. I forget his name. I think it began with a Z. Um, and he immediately fancied me and really wanted to go out with me, and I just decided to go have sex with him to take out my frustration that I couldn't with Alistair. I had this entire extraordinary uh, sort of vacation in homosexuality while I played Dragon Age.
1: You no, know, what you had was a weird high school drama. Yeah, with the cast of Dragon Age. Yeah, it
0: really did. <laughs> it was brutal, and then I, I I felt like I was leading ZL for long and. My true love was always Alistair. And oh, man. But yeah.
1: This clearly affected you.
0: It's really strange how much it's all coming back to me now. They sort of, I don't know. It's like I always, I very much compartmentalize games, which is why I'm really bad at remembering. So some people say, hey, remember what happened in that game you reviewed last week? And I go, oh, um," and I have to go back and read the review again. But at the time I experienced it, I really experienced it. I really get into it. But then I sort of chop it off at the end and then into the next thing. So I'd I, almost I'd forgotten Alistair existed until it just suddenly poinged back into my brain, and now all those emotions are flooding back.
1: I think that maybe your story is more appropriate to like a lost loves themed <laughs> podcast.
0: Well, what I'm saying is we
1: were like forced connections. <laughs> yes, it's true. But it was a it was a, a reluctant
0: friendship. It was definitely got limited to friendship by Alistair's lack of interest in me.
1: Friend zoned. We b- were. Fri- I was.
0: I was friend zoned. Um, he was a beautiful, beautiful man, and very funny. He was so funny that I think that's what made me fall in love with him.
1: Um, I'm right. Hang on, because it's been a while since I played Dragonia Georgians. Me too. Alistair. Alistair is the man who is like one of the first people you meet in Dragonia yes. Georgians. He's a, he's a is he a grey warden or is that just you?
0: I, I like I say I can't remember. <laughs> I've forgotten the whole game.
1: just remember him being a complete dreamboat
0: exactly I'm just trying to find him very subtly trying to type in and get the deets on Alistair it'd be really funny if I got his name wrong or something he's got his own Wikipedia page which is kind of sweet but yeah it was Alistair good old Alistair yeah he was a Grey Warden wasn't he
1: you also really really liked um, Lydia from Skyrim
0: so that's that's it was a strange friendship with Lydia it was a little bit like being friends with a flower pot in that <laughs> you could have drew, <laughs> a, drew a smiley face on a flower pot and then declared that it's your friend. But Lydia didn't really have much, you know, agency of her own other than to get herself killed.
1: Uh, so Lydia is like the Wilson.
0: Yes, <laughs> she was my Wilson in Skyrim. She would uh, sort of aimlessly, haplessly follow me around, getting in the way and blocking doors. I have a video um, on YouTube, which is a ridiculous number of hits of her getting in the way of a gate repeatedly, being repeatedly slammed into a wall by a gate and and not stopping. She was an idiot, but uh, I spent a lot of time with her and when she died, I felt very, uh, you know how, like, obviously I'm a save scummer like any decent gamer, and so if she died, <laughs> I would just reload just before that. But the problem was I hadn't noticed that she died. I was in this big fight on a mountainside and... And uh it wasn't until this huge, really difficult fight was over. And then I'd done a whole bunch of other stuff. And I was like, hey, where's Lydia gone? Where did she... So I went to a, a town to see if she teleported back, and she didn't. And then I went back to the scene of the fight, and I searched around and eventually slumped on the side of the mountain, fallen down the mountain at the bottom with her corpse. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, I've done too much. I can't re. Uh, I have to accept her death. And so that's why I gave her this little funeral. On uh, my 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 viral video sensation,
1: we have we have a little article that's all about that. I we think, do somewhere, so I'll put a link to that too. That's um some.
0: but yeah, it was it's hard to call it a friendship with Lydia because she wasn't, you know, a person.
1: <laughs> well, it's none of these people are 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 persons.
0: I would I can see your your logic there, but I would argue that Alistair at least had a, a personality.
1: He was a personage.
0: Yes. Whereas Lydia was um, just a doll.
1: We probably need to point out that some friendships in games are weird, systematized friendships, whereby, like, the ones in Dragon Age and Mass Effect, you talk to people over and over again, you say the right things. Sometimes you give them a little gift. They yes. like you more. <laughs> yes. Like, a meter goes up, basically. and Like, sometimes it's invisible and sometimes it's visible. The, the biggest culprit of, like, one of the biggest, most recent culprits of this is, like, Stardew Valley. You go to, uh, into town after doing your farming, you talk to people, you give them presents, and then a little friendship bar goes up, and it fills with hearts based on how much they like you, and if you're their friend for, for long enough, well enough, they, they like you so much that they will marry you and have your child. <laughs> um, It it's, it's weird, and I think, like, when you like, Alistair falls into that system. Is he still your friend, really, or have you just have you just spoken to him? It a was lot? the
0: writer, yeah, I know, but it was the writing, wasn't it? And it's also you then start to um, anthropomorphize quite significantly. So you always bring that one character with you into every battle, and then you work really hard to make sure that they don't get hurt. And then you start to, you know, you start to um, sort of fictionalize just the mechanics of the game to be part of that friendship. And of course, the way the characters, especially in a, in a, in a Bioware game, the, the fact that the characters react to situations on, of their own in their own way. So when you go off and you punch a baby in the face in a Bioware game, a nice person with you will go, oh, that's probably not very nice. And a good person and a horrible person will say, ha ha, you punched that baby well. <laughs> and that gives them another sense of a sort of individuality and realism.
1: Now that you've said now you talked about Skyrim, I actually remember that there's a dog, Barnabas. I think he's called Barnabas. No Barbus? Something like that. Barabbas, maybe. <laughs> Keep <laughs> um, guessing
0: B names.
1: Boris. But yeah, no, uh, Babacus the dog in Skyrim, he he was a good friend of mine. I took him all around Skyrim. Um and tried not to let him die. I have no time for dogs in games. They're not my friends. Why? Because dogs are irritating. A lot of people would say that dog meat from Fallout is a very good friend of theirs in a video game.
0: Well, they're silly people. I wrote a, li- a splendid piece of writing about why he was the worst thing about Fallout on uh, the website rockpapershotgun.com.
1: Please briefly
0: explain. It was broken and he got in the way and he didn't do what he was meant to be able to do.
1: Do you think the dog in Far Cry 5 is going to be better because he brings you guns?
0: Uh. I hope it's not... It's just just a fiddly annoyance, isn't it? I'd much rather just be able to, you know, have ready access to guns lying on the floor like in every other game. And hey, since it's a satire of American gun culture, that shouldn't be a problem. Woo! Hey!
1: Guns, America's real best friend. There you go.
0: I was thinking about other friends in games I've had recently. Go on. Oxenfree, a game I can't stop promoting because I adore it so much. Um, which came out at the end of 2016. Or we did the beginning of 2016. I played it at the end. Um, and then you got a, you play a, a girl within a group of friends, and the friendship is very quickly established. And there's some people you have known for years, and someone who's your new stepbrother, and someone who you hate, and someone you've never met before. And the personalities and the way they interact with each other is really, is really good. And that's a good game for being told you have some friends, and then going, oh, okay, I guess these people are my friends now. And then by the end of the game, you're oh, you're really close to them.
1: I was just going to say, there's lo- there's lots of games that do friends well in like, in, in the opposite of the strategy you value it, where they just introduce you all and they put you through this grinder of a story and you come out the other side and you're like best mates. Um, a game that I didn't like a lot for its gamey reasons was Pyre. Um, but the friendships in that are really, really well done. You basically get Pyre is this fantasy world where you have to play a basketball type game uh, in a tournament to try and escape from this purgatory that you're in, basically. Um, and you play on a team, and the team gets bigger and bigger uh, as you meet people throughout this story. Um, and you meet all different types of people. You meet giant demons with huge horns, and there's a there's another dot like a dog, a talking dog with a mustache, and that. <laughs> um, there's like a witch a snake woman there's a kind of weird fairy girl but it, it the first three people you meet know each other already and you're the new person and you get the sense like they're good friends and they've always been good friends for like years for perhaps as long as they've been in this purgatory and that might be decades and decades but then it, because of the way the game is when you complete a tournament someone will always disappear from your party okay uh, Like, they'll always ascend, basically. So you have to pick someone and say goodbye to them. Ah. And all the other people who are left might be really good friends with that person. Or, like, you know, one or two people might be really strong friends with the person. Like, if you send one of the original three away, the other two are there, like, oh my God, I miss this person. And you still have to continue playing the game and, like, going through another tournament and another tournament without this person that you've been using and has been with you the whole time. And just by their absence you get a sense of them being a really good friend of someone else um i think that was a really really well done empire like the, the actual ba- the actual basketball game that you played i thought was rubbish yeah but uh if you can like grit your teeth through it or if you like it then the story of the group uh is really really nice and they're quite like a diverse bunch like there's there's a couple of human-like people and then the rest are all weird kind of animals or monsters or stuff cool angels it's very very good
0: my other recent friendships uh, which i thought handled friendship in the probably the most interesting way in recent times is night in the woods
1: oh yes that was on a list too
0: yeah because then you've got friends who aren't really that keen on you which is a really (laughs) interesting way to do because it's again it's just about friendship but it's realizing that these people are really kind of sick of being your friend because of what a terrible friend you are, and that's I think it explores that really interestingly.
1: Yeah, there's one particular scene that I like. What What's your name, May? May, like you're, yeah, May. You're May the cat, and you, uh, you like, you because you've been gone from your hometown for so long, you actually don't know a lot that has happened to your friends. I think that's part of what makes you a bad friend is that you haven't kept up with them and everybody mm-hmm. else is um, kind of up to date and still sees each other every day and friends friendly with each other. But you just don't know what's been going on in their lives.
0: And you act and, like that just doesn't matter. you just arrive back and expect them to start looking after you again?
1: Yeah. And, and there's a point when it becomes clear that like you've really neglected like uh, one, one, one of them in particular, like I think I got to the point where yeah, they said something to me whenever they, we were out together. Cause you take each person out every so often, like to have a day with them. Like you spend time with them individually, and you get to know them again a bit. And uh, there's one point where one of them says something, and you're just like, "Oh no, I'm so bad. Mm-hmm. I'm awful."
0: Yeah, but it's really interesting exploration of friendship.
1: It's good. What else? What else is on your list? That's my list. That's the list.
0: Well, I mean, I can think. I th- the problem is, I can think of other sort of friendly characters in games, but really, the sense of bonding—I've obviously forgotten a whole bunch. Um, uh, yeah, the one that kept the one that sprang to mind was Rakuen, where—but it's your mum, so it probably doesn't count. But the friendship between the little boy and his mum is really special in that game. But that's more of a mum thing. We should do an episode on mums and dads in games.
1: Yeah, I, I, maybe just family, because I was—I—I was, I, I was hes—I hesitated to put brothers on my list. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Probably better in a family. Family podcast, we'll do that sometime. There'll be
0: an episode where we don't have eighteenth
1: certificate content.
0: Family pod. I'm I'm gonna get off the I'm gonna get off the episode and then finish recording and then just go, Oh, how could I have forgotten this and then feel like I've betrayed my friends?
1: Is there any game where you wanted to be part like you saw a group or some people in the game and you thought, I wanna be their friends. I don't wanna hang out with this party of reprobates, I wanna go and be those guys mates
0: i can't sorry to be a rubbish, do a rubbish answer but no i can't can you have you got a good answer to that question
1: i've got a half answer oh yeah else heartbreak was a game that did uh friendship in a weird way you arrive in this town and you don't have any friends you don't know anybody but you quickly find out there's like a little hacktivist group and uh, they have parties and stuff like this And I thought they were so cool. Like I wanted to be in their gang. Wanted to be like part of their little activist group. And you get, you know, that your main character knows nothing about hacking or computers, and you just have to completely blag your way through it. So whenever you go to their hideout, um, you have to do like tests basically to get in. And they're asking you, oh, you know, you know about this. You know about programming and stuff. And your character just has options to just be like say yeah, I mean, of course I know about this. Why wouldn't I? I've been doing this for ages and you've only been doing it for the past, like, two hours. But but I really felt that, like, I wanted to be in among them. Like, oh. I, wanted to be, I wanted to be go to their parties. And, yeah, it was like wanting to be part of the popular kids.
0: See, it's funny. I didn't even get that far with Els Helpbreak because my understanding of programming was so much worse even than his that I didn't get anywhere. like So I didn't even identify with his level, let alone their level. I was so... It just, I just felt completely rejected by that game from the start. He was like, oh, I'm really done. I am calling a moratorium on games about programming. This is the same as authors who write about writing books and filmmakers who make films about movie directors. It's get over yourselves, games developers. We know you're interested in coding but we're interested in you doing the coding. That's it. I don't want that moratorium...
1: So you've got can- enough, you have you have plenty
0: already it. of coding games It's the it's this narcissistic trend that has to come to an end
1: Yeah, but it happens in books And in books it's good And in games sometimes it's good And sometimes it's not good, that's fine
0: I'm just saying you've already got enough of them The 250,000
1: that came out in the think last three years we- should be enough <laughs> I think we can we have a few more Let us have a few more, John, go on oh, You can have two more and that's it three come on no two but it's for eternity that you're getting your way but it's only three that i'm getting my way
0: oh, the moratorium is for five years five
1: years off coding games and i get three in that time
0: yeah a big this is more than a this is ridiculously generous don't push your luck here
1: i'll take it good glad <laughs> we sorted this out
0: phew <laughs> So I believe, if I'm in charge, we should. Uh, I should ask you the question, have you been playing anything interesting recently apart from the game you already told us about? No. What? We've got games to play, no? What? Oh, but I thought we'd do this after. No, let's do them now, no. then. Great. If no, they're, if they're the related now. to
1: the friendship thing, we've yeah, got to do them Yeah, but so now. is the
0: Twitter stuff what you do at the end. That's related.
1: Yeah, I know, but that's
0: like a callback. <sighs> Fine, then. Who's going first? Did you
1: really work at a radio station?
0: Well, it wasn't a podcast. I've got a what kind of friend are you test from psychologies.co.uk that I think you should take.
1: Is this video games related or is it just a psychology test? No, it's
0: just a psychology test. You get to choose between psychologies.co.uk or BuzzFeed, the ultimate friendship test.
1: Oh, I'm going to take the BuzzFeed one. Oh,
0: that's not going to be nearly as scientific as something called psychologies, (laughs) plural. (laughs) Okay, here you go. This is the ultimate friendship, so this is the last one you're allowed to take. Okay. Your friend wants to tell you about the dream they had last night. It's probably going to be boring and long. What do you do? Do you listen to the dream, or do you say, and it's specifically, smell ya later? (laughs) Um, I listen to the dream. You fool. I wouldn't even listen to my wife's dreams.
1: I listen to it, but I try to make it clear that I'm not that interested
0: I just go, ah, ah, ah. That's what I do when she tells me about dreams. I just make this noise all the way through. Ah, I don't want to know. Stop telling me about your dream. Ah, ah. Until eventually she gives up. <laughs> it's your friend's birthday. Their only birthday wish is for you to rub a delicious egg custard all over your body. Do You see, I told you you should have gone with psychologies. Do you do it? Do you brush cu- egg custard all over your body for your friend?
1: No. No. No, they can get something else. What kind of friend are you? I'm not doing that. No. If they (laughs) were my real friend, they wouldn't ask me to do that.
0: I don't like those. My goodness. I wish I had friends that asked me to smear custard all over my hairy mod. (laughs) Your friend is about to be offered a dream job, but the new boss has one very specific demand. For your friend to get the job, you have to punch yourself in the face. This is the stupidest test. This is the dumbest. Do you punch yourself in the face to get your friend their dream job? No. Wow. Wow. I'm not, no,
1: I'm not. Right. Here's what's off my list whenever it comes to friends. Right? Yeah. Self-harm. Uh-huh. Custard. Self-custarding. All right. That's all. These questions are very relatable because
0: I think there's a lot of this we can apply to your real life. For instance, your friend is sick and you're bringing medicine. But the only way you can get the medicine is to sit alone in a room with Shia Labouf for an hour.
1: Do you sit in that room? Uh yes I do. Of course I would sit in that room whether or not they got the I would sit in that room and give the medicine to Shia Lebouf because he probably needs it more than my <laughs> <That's> friend. true.
0: <laughs> Although he'd probably inject it in his eyeball
1: or something. Ah, uh, Shia lebouf Is that is it Shia, not Shia? I don't know. I dunno. Shia makes him sound like an Islamic law. <laughs> this is true.
0: Maybe he is. Maybe Transformers are required watching. You have plans to hang out, but your friend is being guarded by a large angry goose. <laughs> the only way to get to your friend is to go through the goose. Do you fight the goose? Uh, Yeah. See, I once had to choose between fighting through a crowd of angry geese or not going to rest, And I chose to brave the geese.
1: Yeah, I'd go with the geese. Yeah, I'd fight the geese. Yeah.
0: Your friend is about to buy 11 gallons of spicy nacho cheese. <laughs> Why? But they lost their wallet and need you to buy it. Do you ask questions? No, I just buy the cheese, or yes, I have a lot of questions. I don't just ask questions. I tell
1: them that they will not be doing it.
0: You can't. You're not allowed. You have to ask some questions. Or re- Maybe you can ask questions and then refuse.
1: I'll ask enough questions that...
0: The time for nachos has
1: passed. Yeah, enough time has passed that they won't want that much nacho cheese.
0: Okay, there's two more of this rubbish to go. Your friend has been captured by a malicious sea witch. This actually did happen to me, so this one's more reasonable. The only way to save them is by wrangling the slippery, ill-tempered sea otters that guard the sea dungeon.
1: Do you wrangle those otters? Did you get this from Buzzfeed or from Clickhole?
0: I swear this is not Clickhole, this is actually Buzzfeed. (laughs)
1: Um... Yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that for my friend because.
0: Well, who wouldn't? Your friend turns out to be a creature that can only survive by feasting on the souls of the innocent. Do you help your friend find victims to stay alive? No. No, of course not. But weirdly, the answers here are yes, of course. And how do I know they won't take my own soul? Which is a very sort of selfish approach. Selfish
1: reason not to have innocent people die. Like, you got
0: really smart, friend. You're a smart person. You're not gonna put yourself in harm's way for something as dumb as a friendship, you're going to go far in life.
1: See they've no, no that's, rubbish. they've they've made me sound like I don't put I I don't like them. I wish we'd done the psychologies test. Um I've got a, m I've got a I've got a game we can play, right? Oh, okay. But it's but rubbish. we're going back to video games here. Oh and it's not really a game as such, it's more of like a thought a kind of series of thought experiments. Right? Okay. We're gonna it's about best friends still, and it's still about video games. It's basically a series of questions asking who would get along in video games. Okay. I'm going to pair some characters up, and they'll be from different games. And you're going to tell me if you think they would get along, or if they would not get along, and why. Okay. All right. Lydia from Skyrim. hmm And Nico Bellic from GTA 4.
0: Ooh. I, again, we have the whole uh, Lydia problem. I think Nico's one of the most interesting characters in the game ever. Really? Yeah, I do. He... Um, I don't like the GTA games very much. I mean, I think I'm very impressed by them, and they're fun to muck around in, but I never like the storylines. So I always feel like it's just a toss of fantasy. Um, but Nico's really interesting, because this is the man who who watched... Uh, a a a class of school children get murdered and it never and he never got over it and he's lived in this hell of his own misery and now he's trapped with this moron cousin and just in terrible debt and 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 in this awful life he clearly doesn't want he doesn't he's the opposite of the glamorization of of, of violence that the gta games normally but feel but he can
1: he continues to be a terrible person. He does
0: absolutely, but he doesn't. I feel like I feel like Nico was trapped inside. It was like he'd been conditioned to this and and hated it. And it, he almost felt like uh, anachronistic to this to the the game he'd been put inside. I found Nico really interesting. It was almost I th- almost like Rockstar. Someone inside Rockstar was going, "Guys, really? Are we really? Are we really still thinking it's it makes us look clever to do anyway." So, um, but again, the problem is that Lydia isn't, isn't a person. She's a doll. So, no, I don't think they get on. I think Nico is too clever and interesting to, to want to spend time with, with Lydia.
1: So you think that they'd meet in a bar and Nico would just kind of, like, leave? Yeah,
0: well, I think he'd just, you know, he wouldn't go to the bar.
1: Okay. Yeah. What about JC Denton and Adam Jensen?
2: No,
0: that's a good that's a good question, isn't it? Well done.
1: The two Deus Ex protagonists.
0: I think J.C. Denton would have no time for Adam and I think Adam would just be really annoyingly doe-eyed, hero-worshipy and not not appreciate or understand how little respect J.C. had for him.
1: See, I think that Adam would spend most of his time with J.C. Denton not knowing who he is (laughs) (laughs) and complaining about his life and how he's got all these problems, but we're asking him questions and Jesse Denton being, why, why you, you've you got the wrong, go and do your job. Yeah. So I don't think they would get on. No. Uh, what about Ger- Geralt from The Witcher and Henry from Firewatch?
0: <laughs> I think Henry is such a nice chap. But yes, I think he would go to ridiculous lengths to accommodate Geralt's awfulness and just try to find the best in him.
1: I also think Geralt, for being an incredibly boring character most of the time, would probably come round to that kind of attitude. Because he you is think... friends with a lot of tossers. So you do think Henry could convert him? I just think that with enough time, yeah, if they spent enough time together, they would, be- they would become friendly. Out in the woods, maybe.
0: <laughs> you don't think Garrett will sabotage it by doing something really stupid, like trying to sleep with Delilah or something? Uh,
1: I mean, that would be the first thing that he asks yes. about. Yes. yes. But um, I think he, they would be walking through the woods, and Henry would probably get into some trouble, and Garrett would try to help him, but Henry would actually get out of the trouble himself, fine, and they would see that they're, you know, they're 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 good together. I can just,
0: I'm just imagining, they've they have been chatting away about not very much, not much important, just sort of filling the time, sort of chat, and then they're just sat on this rock by the lake, and Geralt's just sort of, he's gone quiet, and he's just staring at the water, and um, Henry just sort of puts one of his big sausage finger hands, just gently just taps Geralt on the knee and says, it's okay, it's okay. I can see that happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Geralt was also there was a news uh bit of news recently that he was going to appear in another game. Um and lots of people, very silly people, were saying like Soul Calibur 6, but mm-hmm. actually it's probably Firewatch 2, isn't it? Firewatch 2 is guaranteed. I think they will pop that on the front page now. That's confirmed. Uh, um what about this one? HK forty seven from Knights of the Old Republic uh-huh. and D- and DJ Atomica from Burnout Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think I think there is no one, no human being alive who could get on with DJ Atomica from Burnout Paradise.
1: But it's a good thing because HK47 isn't a human. He's
0: a robot. That's true too. I don't think there's any sentient being alive that could get on with DJ Atomica. Apart from the lady DJ in the latest Need for Speed game. I think she and DJ Atomica would make an amazing couple because they're both as nauseating as each other.
1: I put this suggestion down because I think HK-47 would march into the studio yeah. of that radio station and gun DJ Atomic a dime.
0: Oh, I think, no, I think it'd be simpler than that. I think he would just very quietly walk in while DJ would... <laughs> into the microphone. He would just very silently walk up behind him and just with, without even
1: looking, just gently snap his neck and
0: then turn and leave.
1: <laughs> no fuss. Alright, what about this one? Codename 47 from Hitman and Big Boss from Metal Gear Solid 5.
0: I'm afraid I'm not informed enough on these games to know. You have to do this one.
1: Um, well, you know Codename 47 is yeah, a, yeah. a ruthless cloned killer with barely any emotion. Mm-hmm. And you know that Big Boss is a ruthless killer with barely any emotion. See, I didn't know that. I don't know anything about Metal Gear Solid. Who produces clones. Oh. So you see, they probably have something in common to talk about. There might be some daddy issues there. At the same time, they're both very quiet and psychopathic people, so. (laughs) Um, They'd just be,
0: like, it'd be like the friendship in um, that Channel 4 show, End of the Effing World. I haven't seen that. Uh, So it's the guy, he decides he's gonna, he's a a sociopath, and he decides he's gonna make friends with this. This girl wants to be friends with him, so he decides he'll go along with it until he gets around to murdering her.
1: It would be like that, but if there were two psychopaths instead of one.
0: Yeah, well, she's yeah, she's close. Anyway, yeah, interesting.
1: Um, what about Glados from Portal and Showdown from System Shock?
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. It'd be the obvious best best sister chums.
1: You don't think that there would be like a would be like a jealous sister? No, I don't type, feel like. Any, I really
0: don't. On. I don't. It doesn't. I don't think there'd even be a hint of that sort of rivalry. I think they would just right.
1: immediately click. All right, we and were. What if right? Glados from Portal, Showdown from Sh- System Shock, hanging out. Right? Yeah. But Shell, or some other protagonist, shows up and is introduced into this scenario. Like, there's three of them now.
0: (laughs) Well, I think they would just work together on killing Shell. But I think maybe at that point there could be some fractures in the relationship as Showdown begins to just become bemused at GLaDOS's sort of weakness at
1: that point. Inaptitude.
0: Yeah, why are you just playing silly games? Why aren't you going out of your way just to kill her? And I think at the, the right, yes, yeah, the introduction to Shell could really ruin that friendship.
1: What about dog meat from Fallout and a kerbal from Kerbal Space Program?
0: <laughs> I think it, dog meat would surely just pick up and chew the kerbal.
1: And just eat it.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 Dead. Um, what about Banny from Grim Fandango and Gravelord Nito, the King of the Skeletons from Dark Souls?
0: Not knowing Dark Souls, I don't know this person very well, but Manny is so effervescently lovely, I can't imagine
1: he wouldn't get on with anyone. Gravelord Nito, to put this into perspective, is a giant soul devouring beast from the depths of the crypts underneath Dark Souls' overworld. Um, and he's got a big sword and he doesn't like anyone.
0: Oh, I think Manny would convert him around quite quickly.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, last How one many of these been... you got?
0: They're brilliant.
1: There's only one. There's only one more. Ah. Huh. Uh, the the entire cast of Dragon Age Origins okay. and the entire cast of Mass Effect Two.
0: Oh gosh. Well, it would be a lot. It would be an orgy. It would just be an
1: orgy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, it would just it de- yeah. would just degenerate, wouldn't it? <laughs>
0: It would not be a family podcast.
1: <laughs> the horniest meeting of any two two <laughs> groups of video game characters. <laughs> oh god. It could only get worse if you threw the entire cast of the Witcher in. Oh dear. No, stop. Um anyway, that's that's our game. That's that's it's good. That's the Would They Get Along. Play now play in the Would They Get Along jingle. Yep, we've done it. Good.
0: What have you been playing recently, Brendan?
1: I haven't been playing very much at all because I've been very busy. Tower Unite is the only thing I've been playing, and I'm going to see if my observations for the written form, um, which you can read on the website sometime this week, hopefully. Apart from that, I want to play Final Fantasy XV, but I haven't got the chance yet. So let's talk about what you've been playing instead.
0: I've played two extremely good games that couldn't be more dissimilar. What are they? The first one is Ion Maiden. Not Iron Maiden. Not Iron Maiden, but Ion Maiden. That's the pun. I see. I wrote a very clever pun strapline for that review uh, based on an Iron I Maiden got album. got taken away. And someone didn't... changed it to something rubbish. Someone yeah. Adam someone. Um, wasn't <laughs> impressed. Not impressed. Anyway, uh, yes, it's a build engine game made um, with a very cleverly updated version of the build engine. So for those not familiar it was the engine that ran Duke Nukem Nukem 3D and a few others and it was at the time in 96 I think it was uh, it was exciting because of its destructible scenery so it wasn't like you went around everything it wasn't the everything could be blown up sort of thing but it was a, a first person 3D world where stuff could the level could change based on your action so you could trigger an event that caused walls to come crumbling down and 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 then the level would be rearranged as a consequence and this was very exciting at the time, because nothing had done that yet. And then, I like to think of that, say, Doom t- Doom, and Doom 2 invented the modern first-person shooter. I, obviously, there's Wolf and 3D and all that, but... And then Dark Forces came along and said, hey, look, verticality, and then Duke Nukem came along and said, hey, look, verticality, and stuff blowing up.
1: And Ion Maiden taps into this.
0: Yeah, so it, the, the build engine was it was incredibly slick, incredibly fast, and um and and just very bizarrely blocky and pretty at the same time and what they they've updated it in this really clever way so it's a full super duper resolutions um the uh the poly count is really up but at the same time it still looks intrinsically like a a build engine game it's still blocky and chunky in all the right ways the movement is still outrageously fast um they've just they've added some simple physics uh, the most objects in the sprites are still uh, 2D in the 3D world um, and then they've got some of these strange objects that when you, they've now had there's this new technology where, where you walk around a sprite there's four different versions of the sprite so it looks like you're actually walking around it in oh, strange weird. leaps and jumps it's all very um, it's, looking up and then spinning the camera around is an extremely unnerving experience but the Iron Maiden completely understands what made Duke 3D so good and replicates it Uh, For some reason I cannot fathom, they've decided to maintain... It was meant to be a prequel to uh, an atrocious game uh, from last year. Was it... I'm forgetting the name. Was it Shell? No, what was it called? Shell Shell? Bombshell. Bombshell, yes. Oh, it was so bad. So bad. 3D Realms. uh, Ghastly, horrible game. And this game is essentially a prequel with the same protagonist. But thankfully, there's not really much going on beyond the setting. And it's just so fast and fun it's the it's a preview they've really they've released two levels that are separate from the full campaign that's coming out in six months um as a early access sort of demo thing but there's a good couple good few hours in there good two or three hours worth of stuff and then if you found all the secrets many many more i finished with something like 19 out of 33 secrets found
1: um and it's just fun this is so funny in that the <laughs> it took them what like the long twelve years or something, ten years to get Duke Nukem forever yeah. to come out. And it was bad. And they've they've just thrown Well this, this isn't one out. so
0: I'm not sure who's not
1: finished and it's still better.
0: It's this is a different this is a different development team.
1: I know, I know, but um, I'm but just, it's, I'm and, just and, and, in the Duke Nukem style. Oh yeah, absolutely,
0: yeah. Um yeah. you know no, it com- it it completely understood what made those mid nineties FPS games so good in the way that lots of other modern attempts to replicate it haven't. It's and it's just really, oh, it's just so much fun. And it's crass, but sort of appropriately crass, I guess. Um, I really liked it. And then at the other end of the extreme is Chutchul.
1: Chut. Ch- this is the other game you've been playing.
0: This is the other game I've been playing. I've stuck a recommended sticker on both these games.
1: Chutchul. Yeah. I've been saying it. Chuchel.
0: Chuchel could be right. could be Kukkel. I have absolutely no idea. This gonna is the be... thing
1: about the English language that I'm... I'm I'm learning more and more every passing day in Spain, is that our pronunciation is dumb as hell. Well, don't forget this is a game made in the Czech Republic, so
0: goodness knows, you know, throw in all the Slavic connotations.
1: Um, They always come up with a... I I spoke to the developers years ago of this um, Amanita design. And they say they always come up with a new name for their game that's a bit strange and a completely new word because so that it'll just show up on Google that's
0: very smart
1: nobody else will have said so nobody else has come up with botanicula mm-hmm. makes no sense or machinarium, machinarium yeah uh, samarost they're just they're just kind of nonsense words that they can use to be the only the only thing in the world that is called that thing
0: that is smart marketing the downside is it's hard to remember how to spell and that so it has to or be say the counter Anyway, yes indeed, so Kale, that's how I'm going to call it now. Um, It's just one of the, the most beautiful, funny, adorable games I've ever played. I can't, I just laughed so much, so often. It was, you just play a little black, sort of beastie creature, who sort of looks a bit like, I don't know, he's like a little fluffy bug, with an orange hat. And he really wants a cherry, and this sort of pink naughty bug creature keeps taking it away and a big giant hand that descends from the hairy hand that descends from the top of the screen keeps taking it away as well and there's 30 of these little uh, not episodic but it's almost like 30 little cartoons that you play with and each one is just trying to get the cherry and then it just resets at the start of the next one there's no um, real plot to it it's just it's a classic uh, cartoon of you know Tom wants cherry Chocha wants cherry sort of theme And it's beautifully animated. The puzzles are completely daft and lovely. Um, They're nowhere near as obtuse as maybe some of the other Amanita games have been. And if you get stuck, these hint icons drop into screen and you just click on them and it tells you what to do. Um, Rather than making you jump through hoops like some of the more adult games have. I say adult, you know, games that were... This is clearly aimed at at a whole family sort of thing. And I played this with my three-year-old. And we played the whole game all the way through together. And it was the only thing the two of us have ever both found incredibly funny. You know, there's not much that overlaps (laughs) 40 and 3 in terms of senses of humour. We both have a shared love of making farty noises and saying the word poo, admittedly. But... (laughs) Basically, bringing a three-order to my life was ideal for this. But this game, honestly, he was hooting with laughter. I was hooting with laughter. And he was able to suggest what to do next. The puzzles were way too hard for him. They were definitely not kid kid puzzles. Um, But just, oh, my gosh, I love Churchill. Everyone needs to go and buy this. It's out in an hour and a half. It's out at three o'clock in the afternoon. So probably it's out by the time you're listening to this. Yep. Um, and you should absolutely buy it. Even I don't know how much they haven't put the price on it yet, but if it's a, a million pound, though, you shouldn't it'd be silly. But if it's, you know, it's 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 worth every penny. It's wonderful.
1: Excellent. I I I really like their games. I loved Botanicula. Bal- absolutely. Great. I think you'll adore this.
0: Then it's 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 it, it really captures that what Am I need to do better than anyone else in the world is make you want to explore every tiny detail on a screen. And this is the game that's about the gameplay is playing is that, is exploring every tiny corner of the screen. It's the sort of game where you want to make sure you find all the wrong answers before you find the right one. Or you might miss uh, out on uh, stuff. Yeah. There you go. You've,
1: you've had a much more fun week than me.
0: Well, not entirely fun, because I played another game, but we're not going to talk about that, because I'm not sure what's happening with it. That so was deeply unfun.
1: But anyway... Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on. Moving uh, we should on. probably see what our readers have said about their best friends in video games i'm gonna reload
0: the tweet because there's so many new answers
1: yeah there was a lot this week we asked um who's your best friend from a video game and also what games depict friendship well and we got loads of answers Mm -hmm. people love having friends turns out it seems to me that you live your life
0: like garrus Garrus is the number one.
1: Garrus is the number one And he brand. is a
0: very fine choice. I think that's really interesting, because I what they did so well with Garrus was make him feel like he wasn't essential, but you personally had figured out that he was special. So you can play the whole way through all of the Mass Effect games without even having him in your team. He's totally non-essential, but... You individually went, there's something special about Gareth, so I'm going to keep him around. And I think that's really interesting that they wrote him in such a way that everyone felt like they were the one being clever to notice how great Gareth was.
1: Am am I just really dumb then? Because I never really cared for Gareth. Yes. Maybe I didn't. I just didn't notice that. That does mean that you
0: are really dumb. Okay. There is a line, oh my goodness, there's so many funny bits. There's so many funny bits if you get in a relationship with him. There's the most incredible conversation with, what's this Jobs, the scientist dude? Who really, really wants to ask you, how is it possible to have sex with a with a, a creature with an exoskeleton made of spikes? And is delicately trying to tiptoe around the question, and it's an extraordinarily funny scene. You don't get that unless you're you Boink Garrus.
1: Oh, I see. So yeah. really, I just didn't do the most interesting way.
0: Oh gosh, and then the final scenes of Mass Effect 3, when... Garrison and Shepard. Oh, it was
1: heartbreaking. It was so beautiful. What else have people said? He's definitely the number one. Absolutely. What did people say about him? People have just been posting GIFs of Garrison dancing. It's true, and, and people making
0: references to chafing, which is what the scientist refers to in the game.
1: Um, oh, here's a good one. Elliot Gardner, uh, about Lydia, says, Lydia is like when you date someone new to get over the person you thought was the one. <laughs>
2: Yes. She's harsh, very Perfect. harsh.
0: Anime plays, says uh, Alistair from Dragon Age Origins. Sure he was also my boyfriend, but that only happened because he was such a topping friend to begin with. There you go, see?
1: Um, let's see. Uh, Anti necromancer says <laughs> um Greg from Night in the Woods, because you always need that one. Is it really a crime type of friend? <laughs> oh, I see, see, I see what they mean. <laughs> I lacked that friend in my childhood. Oh, I had I had plenty Did of those friends. <laughs> um Dr. Avendinia says HK forty seven gar Garrus's second. Wow. So, there we go. I mean
0: I loved HK forty seven, who didn't? Nah, but to yep, call him
1: a friend absolutely. would be a stretch. Yes. I wouldn't trust him with anything. Um some other people, do. Deacon says B from Night in the Woods as well. Ch-ch-ch-ch. Got a couple of people saying Claptrap from Borderlands, who is that like. Really? Robot, that jokey robot from Borderlands. Are they joking? I don't know. I thought it was a little bit overwhelming. Uh huh. <laughs> it's like having a friend who just makes jokes all the time. And maybe you they're just that just need to stop them.
0: Because there have to be those people, right? And so they have to think that's the correct model for friendships. And maybe those are the people who think Claptrap is the best one.
1: Io Dinosaur. Says there's no game that forms a friendship faster than being asked to incinerate a box. Hashtag portal.
0: That was very clever psychology.
1: Good work. Um, we got we just got multiple gifs of Gareth doing a little like <laughs> dance by himself. Um, uh, Johnny Bull says Frank Builders from Far Cry 2 a terrorist, murderer, human trafficker, and drug smuggler, but a good pal. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tom Cleaver has posted a picture of uh, the man in the cage from Another World, and it's a person he says who pa- cross paths with, cross paths with throughout the game, and you help each other out so many times despite understanding nothing about each other. Unlike many video game friendships, there's a sense that he's living his own story rather than just popping up to help you do what you wanted to do anyway. So there are some that. Aren't Garrus? It's
0: true. I like this from M.C. Shepard. Uh, Ted, the combat engineer, summoned from Tabula Rasa. It was a lo- it was a lonely place before the final day. That summon was the only other collaborating human being I would see for days. He was there, day and night, fighting by my side, protecting the worlds from the bane like a true friend. That was the player of Tabula Rasa there. <laughs>
1: Oh my god (laughs) Uh, John you're not allowed to be so withering Sorry Um, Andy H. has just posted a picture of Flowey from Undertale who's the little flower Yeah, Um, He's a very nice flower Definitely not out to uh, destroy you in any way Um, David Rodriguez Rodriguez is Claire Redfield and Steve Who's Steve? I don't know I know Claire Redfield. Are they both in Resident Evil? Who's Steve? No idea.
0: Maybe it's just their friend, They're their mate Steve. <laughs> Here's one that says, "Blah blah blah, Kingdom Come Deliverance bad, Depression Quest good." What are you, a bunch of? Co- oh wait, sorry, that's uh, no, that's not to do with this.
1: That's not. Let's <laughs> not. Read those those comments. That's, right.
0: that's what it says in our feed.
1: Ah, uh, Tristan Turner says, "There's a scene later on in The Witcher Three where the Witchers are all getting drunk around a table and shooting the breeze." Don't think it did much in terms of quest plot but it felt like a fun moment and gave some nice character reinforcement. I played all of The Witcher 3 and that was the only moment in the game that Geralt felt like an actual human who could talk to other humans when he was drunk. <laughs> so <laughs> We've um, all got a
0: friend like that
2: though, haven't
1: we? Yeah. I love that scene if only because it's the one, it's the payoff for playing such a boring person for so long. But yes. Um, you end up wearing one of the other characters' clothes as well. <laughs> it's weird if you sneak into her room and wear wear her clothes There's all three of you, just three guys. Just it's, it's like the it's like the dumbest frat boy thing, but it's weirdly endearing.
0: I'm really I'm I have a new respect for our listeners picking Karis and a- and Alistair as their tops.
1: You get a new respect for our readers every time you come on the podcast. It's true. I just default back to hating them all.
0: In between episodes, James Brophy says uh, "Broken Swords Nico," which I thought about, and because he does point out that she is a romance later on, and it's my favorite romance ever in Broken Sword three. But in the first couple of games, yeah, she's sort of very abrasive friend. She's interesting. Have you finished tweet? Have you finished the tweets? I think we finished. The... Cool.
1: Do you want me to wrap up, or will you? You can wrap up because okay. you're the host today. That's true. Well, as
0: the the guest host of this
1: podcast. I used to host back in the day. I
0: don't know if they're all the old episodes still online anywhere. I can't find them. We very unhelpfully called it the Rock Paper Shotgun Electronic Wireless show then as well. So I um, used to be up on Libsyn. I think I probably got some on a hard drive somewhere because it used to be me who would edit them. But um, as a former host, I know how to close the podcast. You insult the listeners and then recommend they read a rival website. That's it, isn't it?
1: Mm, close. So, oh,
0: crap. Um, Sweet. I think we should say I'm going to thank... Brendan Caldwell very much for coming on my podcast with me.
1: Thank you for having me. Do you have a Twitter account? I do. It's at brendy underscore C. Instagram? No. Uh, Myspace? No. Friends Reunited? No. Uh,
0: I'm uh, at botherer on the Twitters. And you should follow us both for witty banter. Thank you very much for listening. Please do um, email in topics... That you can think of. Do we have a podcast specific email address? Or is it we just do. to it's,
1: us? It's podcast at rockpupershotgun.com
0: That works. So please uh, write in. Don't just end in topics. Also write letters that we can read out on the podcast. Write uh, amusing comments and, and interesting. So we can have like more reader interaction. That naturally lends itself to live shows and eventually fame.
1: Yes. And That's also perfect. make sure that they're clean enough that we can read. Or
0: oh, we can censor. Don't call us cucks, for instance. That'd be good.
1: That'd be one 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 note to make.
0: Lovely. Well, thank you for listening. You've been an excellent audience. Well done. And um, see, <laughs> uh, Brendan, we'll see you again next week.
1: All right. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> the dog. Barbell back and alias, the dog. That's the one.